Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. We've got a jam-packed hour coming up because we have NFL games in just a couple of days. That, that's right. We have the Thanksgiving matchups to handicap along with the rest of the NFL slate. We'll take our first look in a few minutes here on the show. Then at 7.20, it's time to look at Super Bowl futures, which teams have the upper hand and which teams are worth a sprinkle at some longer odds. Then at 7.40, it's a Tuesday, which means it's teaser time. I'm giving you my best teaser legs for week 12 in the NFL. Jenks, I don't know if we've had our full-on Thanksgiving discussions yet. Have I asked no. you what your favorite Thanksgiving foods are? Like, what's one food that you can't live without? Dressing. I love dressing. Oh, oh yeah. Bring it on, baby. Now, here's the thing about dressing. It can be really good, and dressing can suck. Like, nobody likes a dry, gross cornbread dressing. But a good dressing, oh, man, or stuffing, uh, you know, there's kind of a difference there. But I actually, more than anything, I like the day after Thanksgiving because I like to make myself that huge day after sandwich where it's turkey, it's dressing, get a little cran. I don't want the actual cranberries. I just like the regular cranberry sauce, not too much, a little mayo on there. Oh, my God. And I go to town with that sandwich. It's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving dinner, whatever you want to call it. Whenever you have your Thanksgiving, it's up to you and your family. But the next day is when I I love the leftovers. That's my favorite part of Thanksgiving, actually. Why does nobody have this type of sandwich any other day of the year? Because if it's so good, you know, why not eat it in June? I do. I've had there's a place here in D.C. called Jetty's. Yes. Yes. And on the regular and I forget what it's called. But every night on the regular, when I was working at NBC Sports Washington, there was a Jetty's a half block down the street, and I would get that sandwich all of the time. I mean, all the time. In fact, I saw it on DoorDash, and I'm not using Grubhub because it made me mad on Saturday, so I'm avoiding them like the plague for a while. They made me very upset. I'm not pleased with them. So I'm going back to DoorDash, and I saw, I'm like, wait, there's a Jetty's close? I can get the Thanksgiving sandwich. So that's going to happen again. So when I say it's not just once a year for me, I love that sandwich. Ooh, I am uh, trying to get pumpkin bo- pumpkin pie to be not only a seasonal favorite, but something mm-hmm. I can eat all year round. Because we have already gone through two pumpkin pies at my house. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. 
I love pumpkin pie. I think it's because I was a late arrival to the pumpkin pie train. I never used to eat pumpkin <laughs> pie growing up, but now that I have discovered okay. it, I really like it. Oh, pumpkin pie? Yeah. Sweet potato pie? Yes. Pecan pie? Yes. Oh, man. That, what? I'm so excited. You're getting me pumped up for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was late to the pumpkin pie train, but I love pumpkin pie. I don't like carving pumpkins, but I'll do some pumpkin pie. I, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving. I'm so jacked. I can't stand it. Here's something I'm almost embarrassed to admit. I'm not a big pie okay. person. Like, I like pumpkin pie and maybe what? chocolate pie, but that's about it. Here in the Chesa. South, everybody bakes pies. And there's something yeah. called chess pie that's literally just sugar. Like, I was like, well, how do you make this? And they're like, well, it's a bunch of butter and a bunch of sugar. I was like, that sounds healthy. So ultimately, I think I would rather go another route for desserts. Okay. But I do like pumpkin pie. That is the one pie I stand by. Apple pie? Chocolate pie? Uh, uh, apple pie is okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah. I like apple pie if you put ice cream on it. But then again, like, what pie would you not like if you put, if you heat it up and you put ice cream on it? That's when apple pie is at its best. Well, you wouldn't do that with a chocolate pie. With apple pie, it's different. Are you more of a cake person? Yeah, for sure. I don't know, oh, okay. especially fruit pies. Like, don't put fruit in desserts. That is the hot take that I have. If I wanted to eat fruit, I would do it for an appetizer. Fruit does mm. not belong in desserts. It should be chocolate. It should be peanut butter. It should be something uh, really decadent. So I'm not a big fruit what and about pies or fruit and desserts. Peach cobbler, though. Now that uh, is one of the goats. Oh, I love peach, peach cobbler. Yes. If you've had a good peach cobbler, oh my God, that's delicious. Absolutely. I don't think I like peaches. Really? I feel like peaches are very universal. You're the first person I've ever heard that doesn't like peaches. It's just not one of my favorites. It's wild how food is so subjective because you can mm -hmm. argue till you're blue in the face that a food is amazing. Like people <laughs> do this to me with mayonnaise and I'm like, no, I hate mayonnaise. Well, it mayo. is disgusting. I will throw up Delicious. if it gets close to me. Like mayo's gross. It looks like mayo's what awesome. you would imagine fat looks like. I love mayonnaise. I was mad last oh. night. I was trying to make myself a sandwich and I was like, we're out of mayo. I'm gonna go to CVS before I go home today. I'm getting some mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. <sighs> that has Seriously. to be the worst condiment. It just looks oh, gross. It's something best. about like the texture and the color. Ugh, not a mayo gal. Uh, but here's a good Thanksgiving tradition for everybody. Okay. While you are trying to talk to your family or your in-laws or whoever, <laughs> you should be sweating some kind of bets because guess what? We have Thanksgiving football. In fact, we have several Thanksgiving games in the NFL uh, as we turn our eyes towards this week in the NFL. So, of course, we know the Detroit Lions always play on Thanksgiving. Seven and a half point home favorites against the Packers. I really want to root for the Lions here. It feels like one of those teams that traditionally you see them on Thanksgiving. You're like, oh, no, here come the Lions to lose on Thanksgiving yet again. But we know the Lions are one of those top tier teams, maybe not on the level of the Eagles or, you know, the 49ers, but still a team that is uh, coming off um, a close win, but still a win. And now they're back at home where we know Jared Goff has been 
pretty good. Uh, you look at his completion percentage, it gets 5% better when he is playing at home. A 70% completion percentage when playing at home this season. But, Jinx, is this enough for you to lay 7.5 with Detroit here? No, I'm not. It's too many points. I don't believe the Packers have been an underdog of more than like four or five points all season long. So the Packers are not a great team. Here's the thing about the Lions, though. The Lions are are very good, but they leave a lot to be desired on defense. And so you can score on the Lions. And Jordan Love had a good week last week. This is a rivalry game, a Thanksgiving tradition. I understand the Lions are going to be fired up. It's in Detroit. But I'm not laying more than a touchdown with the Lions when you talk about a defense that I think the Packers can score on. Lions win. I'll take the Packers plus seven and a half. I think that's probably the right call, especially for a game that starts so early. Do you think this has any effect on some of the handicaps of some of these games? Because it is not only a short week, it's a really short week because this game Mm -hmm. kicks off at 1230. The body clock may be a little different for both of these teams. I think it's a great point. And whether it's in baseball, whether it's in football, particularly the NFL, college is a little bit different because these guys are are used to it. But I think in the NFL or in baseball, whenever it's a little bit earlier than guys normally play, you know how it is. You don't have to be an athlete to know. It just takes a while to get going. When you have a job and you normally do that job at a certain time, and then all of a sudden they say, hey, we're going to push this back. You need to be here a few hours early. You're like, ah, this throws off my schedule. I know that doesn't sound like a very articulate handicap, but I absolutely think it's a factor. So when I see an early baseball game, I immediately say, hey, maybe the under is the play here. And when I see a game like this, then on a short week where it's going to be early, to me that says we're probably not going to see teams that are explosive as we normally see. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I think I would take the points as well. I'm a little torn on this total, though. At 47, Mm -hmm. I kind of think that we see a lot of points because you mentioned that Lions defense, how they are fully capable of giving up points to just about anybody. But also, you go back to the body clock, and maybe that is the sabotage factor here as both teams may be a little sluggish to start this game. Let's go to the Commanders and the Cowboys. Cowboys, 11-point home favorites here, total of 48-and-a-half. Normally, I would say this is the position where the Cowboys really shine against bad Mm -hmm. teams. But this is a divisional matchup and possibly a very buy low spot on the Washington Commanders who are coming off a loss to the lowly Giants. So, Jenks, are you team buy low on the Commanders or do you think the boys get it done in a big way? I like the Commanders here. This is a monster spread and it is a rivalry game. Now, you can laugh about that. But it really is. I can assure you, living right here in D.C., working for the Commanders like I do, I was doing the podcast yesterday, there is no team that this team here in D.C. wants to beat more than the Dallas Cowboys. This goes back forever. And so it's a great buy-low spot on Washington. They played about as poorly as you can play last week. Think about how bad you have to be in a game where you sack an opposing quarterback nine times They sacked Tommy DeVito nine times and still lost the game. Why? Because they turned over the football six times. It doesn't get any worse than that. The Commanders are the quintessential team that plays up or down 
to the level of their competition. So I think they go into Dallas. They keep this within double digits. This spread is way too high. I'm on Washington. I think you need to take a look or at least consider a C.D. Lamb prop. And I know that they have talked about him being a little banged up, but they said he squarely didn't practice yesterday because it was a Monday. This is not normally a day where they are practicing. We know it's a short week, but he has had some absolutely monster games. Yes, the number can look daunting because I think it's 80 and a half, but he's gone over the century mark in four of his last five. Then he gets a commander's defense that's given up the most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. So keep your eye on CeeDee Lamb. I think he has a big game against this Washington secondary. So I think that would be my play as opposed to laying a big number with the Cowboys. And then finally, out on the West Coast, we have another divisional matchup between the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, we have the Seahawks at home here, total of 43. And we know that the Niners have looked incredible over the last few weeks. The return of Trent Williams, the return of Debo Samuel, but again, this is a divisional game, and this is close to a touchdown spread. Jenks, do you consider the Seahawks here? Maybe. I'm concerned here. This line opened Niners minus seven now, sitting at six and a half. So we're seeing some Seahawks money come in. The reason why I don't want to bet this game is because of injuries. Geno Smith left last week's game and then came mm -hmm. in for the final series, banged up his arm. Kenneth Walker, the third believe has some sort of significant strain in his leg. I don't know if he's going to play. So it's a divisional game. Seattle's tough at home, but I, I can't make a case for Seattle when you're taking on arguably the best team in football. It's less than a field goal and you could have two significant pieces out or at the, at, at best really banged up and maybe ineffective. So I'd go Niners. I think this is a great teaser leg, and we will get into my favorite teaser options next segment. But if you can get the Niners down to simply a half point, you get the six points in your favor. They basically just need to win. I think that's how you play it because, like you said, the injuries with the Seahawks and plus, this Niners team is absolutely rolling. I don't see the Seahawks defense stopping the offensive weapons that the Niners bring to the table. And maybe a player to watch out for, George Kittle has had some massive games against the Seahawks. Last time around, 93 yards game. Before that, 181 yards. So clearly there is something about this defense that does not defend him well. And also, he's been getting a lot more targets lately. He has gone over 78 receiving yards in each of the last four games. So maybe somebody to look at if you are considering player props, although there are plenty of options on the offensive side of the ball for the San Francisco 49ers. How about Black Friday, where maybe you're doing some shopping and maybe you'll shop around for the best price when it comes to Dolphins and Jets. It is a big spread here. Dolphins lying 10 on the road, total of 40. So, Jenks, let's start there. 40 points in a Dolphins game. Do you think this is a total worth betting? Or do you look at the Jets and say, we can't even depend on them to score more than a touchdown? Jets plus 10. That's my call. That's where I'm Ooh. going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's dangerous. Here's the thing. Zach Wilson is now QB3. And next year, he will be QB1 for the Wilson family turkey bowl on Thanksgiving oh, when gosh. he is out of an NFL job. Zach, you played in the NFL. Get over here and toss this pigskin around. Tim Boyle will start. 
He's probably not going to be good, but he will be better than Zach Wilson. That is guaranteed. This line jumped three points after the Dolphins opened at minus seven. The Jets' offense cannot get any worse. I'm not grabbing or laying 10 points with Miami on the road to Meadowlands. Jets it is. Ooh, have fun sweating out that one after all of the indigestion that you will probably have <laughs> from overeating on Thanksgiving. So while you're wrestling <laughs> with somebody for a TV on Black Friday, God, the Jets! They screwed me again. All right, we got to get to break. Up next, NFL Futures. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It's a holiday week as we hurdle towards Thanksgiving here on the show. It's a Tuesday, which means I'll have my teaser teams coming up next segment. But in this segment, we will digest the latest MVP odds and the latest Super Bowl odds and see if we can find any long shot plays. Uh, Jenks, did you see this tweet from Kevin Durant that he was making fun of the people who get mad at him when he ruins their parlays because I get it. Mm -hmm. Sports betting is becoming this monolith that cannot be avoided. And I think the players are starting to see it, especially in basketball where people love player props. And he said, when I get you paid, you don't DM me and send a small percentage to my cash app. (laughs) But when them parlays don't hit, I'm every name in the book. Y'all ain't real. And I thought to myself, okay, Kevin, how much money are people winning on these parlays? Like $56? Kevin, do you want me to cash app you $12? Would that make you happy? Hey, if every person that bet on the NBA in the country sent a little bit to Kevin Durant after every time he covered a number over time, that's a lot of money. Maybe $12 from one person doesn't seem like a lot of money, but $12 from thousands and thousands of people on a regular basis, that adds up. I I hate the idea that some fans have that athletes owe them anything. They don't. They don't owe you anything. Their job is to win games. As far as covering numbers, that's on you. If it didn't happen, now you can get mad and say, how did you not catch that? Like last night, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I know it's the NFL, not the NBA. Perfect example, right? I like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs should have won. They didn't. But am I going to slide into Marquez Valdez-Scantling's DMs and say, hey, bro, we co-host a a sports betting show, and you made us look bad. You dropped that bet. No. What are you doing? That's the way it works. That's sports. There will always be a drop pass, a penalty, a missed shot, a made shot. And sometimes you're on the other side. What was the Mac game last week we were on? Miami of Ohio. And we would have lost that game. Buffalo. Buffalo had like an 80-yard bomb. And the guy got the ball punched out at the half-yard line. Went out of the back of the end zone. And that was a touchback. We won that bet. So every time there's someone who doesn't perform that ends up hurting you, there's someone on the other side, as we always say, who ends up benefiting. I kind of think Katie's right here. Well, what if we cash out Tim for money every time we lost parlays because of him? 
Because I think if you're going to do that, you need to open your mm -hmm. Cash App because it goes both ways. I don't know how Cash App works. I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's like Venmo. But if he gave us his Cash App, wouldn't we ask for money too? Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden, Katie's <laughs> manipulating, right? Then he's in complete control. He's like, hmm, how can I make the most money tonight if I score right? more than 25 points? All right. What's that? That's when you're fixing games, and that's well, when yes. it gets a little hairy. Well, this whole this whole conversation is ridiculous. This whole conversation is hypothetical. Obviously. It, is anyone right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, of course, it's fixing games, but if you're talking about some hypothetical situation where an athlete would Venmo someone money after a performance that was good or bad, or vice versa, of course, this is all a ridiculous concept. But I'm just saying that then the athlete will control everything. It's just, it feels like peanuts compared to what he's making. Like, what's he going to do? Venmo is $7 for losing our parlay. It just feels it. very small compared to the level of money that he is making. And also, it's not his fault. You shouldn't have bet on him. You should have bet on the under if you really thought that that was the way. And you've got to remember that these are people that quote-unquote make mistakes like scoring two fewer points or like having one fewer rebound i wouldn't even mm -hmm. classify it as like a mistake but imagine in your every everyday life if you made a mistake say you went to the grocery store and you forgot butter what if there was a group of people who were hammering your dms like god how did you forget butter you're such an idiot wouldn't yeah. that suck yes and it would suck <laughs> <laughs> and also, Chelsea, it's not like anyone is trying to miss a shot. It's not like anyone right. is trying to forget the butter. Everyone's out there doing their best. It happens. That's sports. That's shopping. That's the way it goes. You go shopping. Now, I don't go shopping. I order from Instacart. But if you're in the supermarket, the grocery store, whatever, you and Jake and Blake, you're at Piggly Wibbly. And you have a whole list of stuff and you walk out and you're like, I forgot the mustard. It's my favorite condiment. Damn it. Well, am I, is someone going to say, Chelsea, like, what's your problem? Like, how could you forget the mustard? It happens. People are humans. I don't understand fans that, that yell at athletes. Now I'll yell at my TV, but I would never actually say something to an athlete or send an athlete a message. Of course, I'll scream at the TV like everyone else. How am I going to actually approach someone? I find that to be preposterous. Yeah, I even feel guilty if I have ever said anything about a athlete and then you meet them in person. You're like, oh, oh yeah. God, this is so awkward. I hope they haven't seen my <laughs> tweets about their butterfingers in the postseason because for the longest time, I was always harping on Tony Romo. And then like you get in your media career and you're like, oh my God, what if I ever have to interview Tony Romo? And I have all of these tweets about, shouldn't have had that popcorn, Tony. Have you ever had that moment where you've had to interact with somebody that you have harped on or insulted? <sighs> That's a good question. <laughs> well, I did have what immediately pops to mind is I did have, and I don't want to mention this person's name, but I did have a not great experience with an NFL player. And I was stunned because by all accounts, he was a great guy, but I did not have a great experience. And then fast forward, 15 16 years later i met him again he could not have been nicer so sometimes maybe you catch somebody on a bad day i do remember one time the moment that stands out most to me was 
And it's not that I said anything bad. It was just a moment where <laughs> here's what happened. Back in the 90s when there was the baseball strike, and I don't remember what year it was. Was it 94 or something like that? Does anyone remember what year it was they had the baseball strike? Nope. I don't remember. <laughs> so I was an intern in Austin, and I don't know if you remember Will Clark. Played for the Giants. Hell of a baseball player. Went to Mississippi State. And so this was during the strike, and Will Clark was is a huge hunter. So there was a there was some sort of exhibition in Austin where I was interning at the time, and he was out there with his gun and his camo on, and it was some sort of open field. And my boss said, go out and ask Will Clark about the baseball strike. What are his thoughts? What's he doing during his off time? And I said, okay. And he was very intimidating, particularly holding a shotgun. And so we walk up to him, he didn't seem very friendly at the time. And the first, and I'm an intern. I've never done this before. I'm learning. I'm holding a microphone. It's just me and a camera guy. And the first thing he says is, I'll talk to you about whatever. Do not ask me about the baseball strike. And I go, okay. So guess what? I asked him about everything but the baseball strike. And as I'm walking away, the cameraman with me, grabs the microphone, pops on the camera and goes, Will, what's going on with the baseball strike, man? What's going to happen here? Oh, no. And I mean, this guy gave us a look like I'm about to put this shotgun to your chest. He was so angry, did not answer the question and got angry. And then my cameraman, as we're walking away, says, hey, man, you got to be aggressive. And I was like, we still didn't get the answer, and he just got pissed off. So what did we gain there except for undermining any sort of trust we may have been able to develop with the pro athlete? It didn't do us any good at all. That's a long story. But it just that was a very awkward moment for me where in the moment I was trying to respect an athlete's wishes, and then the guy with me did not, and it was awkward real quick. That's one thing that I don't miss about journalism is having to be that aggressive because I think there are a lot of people who say, well, you have to mm -hmm. ask the difficult questions. But when somebody specifically told you not to ask about it, I feel like that's where you draw the line, especially knowing your place as an intern. Like it would be one thing if you worked for 60 minutes or something and he kind of knew it was coming. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the things I don't miss about journalism Oof. because there are some times when you make enemies and it does not feel good. Well, and at the end of the day, what I would say, and I didn't really say at the time because I was still learning the business and processing, is this the sort of journalist that I want to be? How did that benefit anyone? Did it benefit us? No. Is this guy angry now? He'll never talk to us again if he ever sees us, or especially if he sees you, if he remembers you. Did we get anything usable? No, we didn't. All we did was undermine a craft, especially now, that is always under fire and sometimes rightfully so. But I just couldn't believe that I was experiencing that at the time. And so I had to make a decision. Do you really want to be this sort of journalist? And immediately I was like, no, not at all. But that was one of the most awkward moments I've ever experienced with an athlete. And also because 
He was so intimidated. He was holding a shotgun. <laughs> Not that he was going to do anything, but I'm like, this guy's scowling at me. He's a big guy, and he's holding a gun, and he's angry. Awesome. I'm an intern. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to get out of here. All right. So you, uh, I think, had the day off when this story broke, and I know we will talk about futures here on the show in here a second, but it feels very timely. The issue that we have seen with Carissa Thompson, saying that she made mm-hmm. up answers. Since you are somebody mm-hmm. who is very accomplished in journalism. Jenks has nine Emmys and two Edward R. Mm. Murrows. I think I should mention that. What was your take? I don't think I ever heard it. I was disgusted. I was really disgusted by what I saw. And then I saw Rachel Bonetta come out, whom I love or loved. I think she's mega talented and very funny. And it was the most disgusting display of whataboutism that I've ever seen in my life. Where first of all, there's no excuse for what Clarissa Thompson did. Full stop. None. None. And that's why you heard the best in the business, Tracy Wolfson, Laura Oakman, Lisa Salters, come out and say, this is unacceptable across the board. And then I see Rachel Bonetta come out and say, I've got some thoughts. You know, we really missed an opportunity here because females aren't allowed the same access that that males have and so we really missed a chance don't do that that that's valid if you want to have a conversation about equal access fair enough i'm on your side but do not take an issue and avoid the issue because you don't have the right answer because you don't have any justification and say well well, what about this it's what about ism well what about this yes that's legitimate but what you're saying is oh I, I, I don't really, I can't really justify what Clarissa Thompson did. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change the subject matter. Even if that did happen to Clarissa Thompson, it still doesn't make what she did okay. I had a long discussion with a friend of mine about this. I got really upset about this because journalism is dying and this is how it dies. When you justify, well, it's, it's tough starting off in the business. No kidding. Of course it is. It's tough for everyone, and I'm sure it's tougher if you're a woman. No one is disputing that. It still doesn't mean making up subject matter on the spot is okay. And so I was glad to see the best of the best women in this business who have made incredible headway, broken in the glass ceilings, coming through, and standing up for what is right in journalism. I was glad to hear them speak out because it's an important topic, and it was, it was really disappointing for me to see. Sorry to go off on that. Journalism is something I love, and I I just hated seeing that. Well, that's why I asked, because I knew you would have a take in it, and I knew that you have such a strong background in journalism that I knew that you would have some sort of insight into it. But correct me if I'm wrong here. Is not one of the main tenets of journalism is to tell the truth and to protect your credibility? Like, that's what it boils down to me, plain and simple is you lost your credibility. Now, every time she does a sideline report, people are gonna say, okay, is she making this up? Yeah, I don't know. And we won't know. And there are ways around it. There are ways around, not by lying, not by making up things, by saying, okay, this is something that I saw. This is something that I heard. I wasn't able to talk to the head coach, but I can tell you on his way out of the stadium or walking back in, he pulled his players aside and said, guys, we have to do this. And if you don't have a report, you say, guys, I wasn't allowed access. They're not going to fire you for that. But you can get fired. You should get fired for making up facts or what you you 
you are calling facts that aren't, that is a fireable offense. Right. And in the way that she said it so flippantly, too, almost jokingly, with a smile <sighs> yeah. on her face, I think that was the worst part. Like, I don't think that she needs to be taken to the town square and tarred and feathered. But still, this is the main tenet of journalism, to tell the truth. And so when you don't do that, it feels like you got some explaining to do. All right, yeah. coming back from the break, I promise we'll talk betting. Up next, it is my favorite teaser leg for this week in the NFL. Stick with us. We've got more to come here on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. It's a teaser Tuesday here on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. In just a few minutes, we'll go down the slate and pick out some good teaser options for this week. And uh, the action. Jenks, do you think you'll be cooking up a little parlay for the Thanksgiving games? I think I will. I think I will, my friends. It sounds like a lot of fun and something to distract me from my family. (laughs) Oh, I think you can have both. You'll get a little bit of distraction. You'll be right back at it, entertaining everyone. I'm sure it's going to be a great Thanksgiving. But yeah, I'm like you. This is the time to do it, right? When you have a few days off. You got a little turkey in your belly. You got a lot of games going on. I'm absolutely going to do this. I'm going to do, I think I might do a money line parlay. Maybe I'll do a little NFL and college football. That's what I'm thinking. Ooh, I forgot. There are games on Thanksgiving, right? Is the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving? We just did that game. We did. Is it on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yes, I remember that signature moment. Who was it, Laquan Treadwell, that did the the dog leg? That yes. always makes me think of the Egg Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and he cost his team the game, pretending to be a dog and peeing in the end zone. Imagine that being what you're most known for in your college career. Yeah, I pretended. Yeah, what happened to the Egg Bowl? Uh, you know, I, I, I pretended to be a a dog since we're taking on the bulldogs and i thought how about i crawl on all fours and lift my leg and pretend to be in the end zone and then we get a penalty and we lose the game god <laughs> one of the dumbest things i've ever seen in college football and there's a lot of dumb things in college football but that is right up there near the top especially when you know literally everybody's watching like future right. employers your family like, can you imagine doing that on national TV and your mom is like texting and be like, I didn't raise you like that. Like, can you imagine trying to explain that to like some of your family members? Because I think this is the <laughs> toughest part of the holidays is like explaining mm-hmm. some things that you do to older members of your family. Because, you know, I'll post a thirst trap every once and again. And then you have to explain that to like your aunts. And you're like, well, I was feeling real good about myself. And like some other things like that, or inside jokes, 
or memes mm-hmm. where you have to sit there and explain every single thing about the meme to somebody who doesn't even follow sports. So bridging the gap there. I wonder what the conversations were like for Laquan Treadwell after that move. I don't know. <laughs> Probably something like, dude, what if, what if some moron came up to him and was like, that was a terrible dog impression, man. Come on, bro. You can do a better <laughs> dog than that. You're just crawling around all for put some, you know, put some effort into it. What was that? A poodle? Come on. I can't even imagine. Imagine being a coach and watching that. I, that would be a situation where my head would explode. I I realized this is how I know I'm getting old. You said something about the veins popping out of my head earlier. And when I was watching Texas play a few weeks ago, a buddy of mine was sitting next to me and it was the Kansas State game, which I nearly lost my mind during, during that game. And there was a vein on the side of my forehead. Like, he goes, are you okay? Uh, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I've never, there's a vein that is about to burst in your forehead right now on the side of your forehead. I was like, I'm so stressed that we might lose this game. I cannot believe it. And that's what would happen to me if I were watching one of my players pretend to be a dog and pee in the end zone and cost us a football game. That, it would just go poof. That vein would just explode, Chelsea. I can't even imagine. That's when you wish that either Will Muschamp or Nick Saban was the head coach of that team. Yes. Just to see the fireworks that ensue <laughs> after that terrible decision. Because when it comes to sideline blowups, I think Will Muschamp's still number one. Old oh, school yeah. Nick Saban is number two. Who would be the other ones? Like who has been the most animated on the sidelines where you think, oh, oh. my God, this guy's going to have a heart attack? Brian Kelly. When that face gets red, <laughs> it's like, it's like, he's like, a, what was the little, your, the key, what is it? When you're, when you got the teapot and the teapot goes yes. off and all of a sudden and the steam whistles. comes through. Yeah. And it whistles. That's, I feel like I'm watching a human teapot when I'm watching Brian Kelly. He's losing it. Sorry. It's a really annoying noise. I'm annoying myself with that noise, but his face gets beat red and you just feel like he's going to be a cartoon with smoke coming out of his ears, making that noise. Brian Kelly. That's the guy. God, what's Will Muschamp doing these days? Uh, co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach at Georgia. How did I Georgia, not know right? that? Yeah. yeah. Will Muschamp yeah. still doing it. Uh, I love the compilations <laughs> of his sideline blowups. If you have a few minutes, Go and watch it. It is amazing. All right, so let's get to my favorite teaser legs for this week in the NFL. That's right. Such a it is a teaser Tuesday. Ooh, Ooh, I forgot. We have a nice little animation. We have a nice little sounder. If you are watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BeckQL. Uh, so, Jenks, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to pick out my favorite teaser options. If you've never played a teaser, okay. uh, well, you're in for a treat. What you do is you get six points in your favor either way, and you got to combine them up, at least in a two-team teaser to get, I think, minus 130, minus 125, or you can do a three-leg teaser for plus 160. So I'm looking at the board now, and we were just talking about having some action on Thanksgiving. I do think there are two great teaser leg options on Turkey Day. I'm going to go with the Lions at home. The line is seven and a half. You get it down to a point and a half at home over the Packers. The Lions offense looks much better at home. Jared Goff, his completion percentage goes up a full 5%. 
I don't think that the the Lions maybe cover that seven and a half, but I do think they can win by at least two points at home. Next up, we're going to go out west. It's going to be the favorite in the Niners and the Seahawks game. This line's six and a half, so uh, you get six points in your favor. You just need the Niners to win this game. This Niners offense is absolutely cruising. Then you go with the Seahawks here, and you look at their offense and say, okay, Geno Smith banged up. We're not sure who's playing or if he's going to be 100% in that one. So I will take the Niners at uh, a game that they just have to win. So there you have it. I'm going to do Lions minus a point and a half at home over the Packers and the 49ers on the road minus a half. So, Jenks, who ruins my Turkey Day teaser? No one. You're a winner. Spend it ahead of time. I can't make a case. Maybe, ooh, Seahawks, maybe, I guess. They get some inspired performances from Geno Smith, who plays even though he's his arm is banged up. They got the 12th man in Seattle. It's a letdown spot for the Niners after a big couple wins. They're going against a divisional opponent. I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to make a case against it, but of the two, I would say the Niners just because they have to go on the road in a difficult environment and the Seahawks are a more formidable foe. I don't see the Lions losing that game at all. Certainly not. Certainly just holding on by a point. So I would say the Niners are the one team that has a possibility of running your teaser. I do think the sabotage factor is that both of these are divisional games. And that scares me a little bit because usually these type of games play a little closer. And that's why I don't think I would play either of them on the traditional spread. I don't know if I can put the Lions in the tier of teams that win all of the games that they're supposed to win. Because Mm -hmm. haven't they kind of been teetering on that edge for most of the season? Who did they almost lose to last week? Was it the Bears? And then they lost another yeah. game. Maybe it was to the Seahawks. I can't remember. But I'm not sure if I put them in that category of teams that I squarely trust to win all the games that they're supposed to win. Do you think that's a crazy thought? No, I don't think so. And also, the Lions are good. But mm-hmm. I said this before when handicapping this game against the Packers is that defensively, they leave a lot to be desired. You can score on the Lions, and sometimes they have to outscore you in order to beat you, and they can because Jared Goff is always underrated, and they have a ton of weapons, whether it's Gibbs or Monroe St. Brown, whoever you want to choose there. But ultimately, I think that's their one real weakness. If you're looking for that one spot where maybe you can get after Detroit, it's against their defense which makes them a little vulnerable so no i don't i don't think that's anything that is a, is a crazy thought at all i think there is one other good teaser option and i like the texans getting seven and a half at home against the jaguars another divisional matchup except for this time i am taking the dogs here again the texans offense is really good behind cj stroud i am not jumping off the train just yet i know the jags looked amazing against my titans but my titans offense is terrible and will levis is getting crushed behind that terrible offensive line so i do think the texans can keep it close as well jenks do you want to make a little parlay for thanksgiving i think we should should we just do a money line parlay and be super squares and go lions cowboys and niners 
I'm not even sure if the payout payout on that would be very good. Would it? How about Probably not. <laughs> Lions, Cowboys, Ole Miss? I like that even better. Just because a divisional, well, it's a rivalry game in college football, and you're going to get more value on you're going to get more value on the Niners. It, here's the NFL is different though. I don't know. I feel like Ole Miss is just immensely more talented than Mississippi State, so they're absolutely going to win that game. But if Seattle pulled a divisional upset over the Niners, it wouldn't stun me. I'd be surprised. So I'd actually take a little less value and take Ole Miss on the money line instead of San Francisco, unless you want everything to be on the NFL and just go straight pro football. Because if you parlay just all the favorites, Lions, Cowboys, Niners, that's even money. Mm -hmm. Even though you're no. right, in the NFL, it is the, you know, any given Sunday, or I guess it's any given Thursday, and maybe there's some chaos that unfolds because it is kind of a weird week. It is a short week for all of these teams, so maybe there's other ways to play it when it comes to Thanksgiving, but I'm definitely going to do some kind of parlay on Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Why would I not? So maybe I'll be an old square, or maybe I will just play my teaser legs in that one. I'm going to go Lions. And I'm going to go Niners in my two-team Turkey Day teaser. Coming back from the break, it is hour three of the Daily Tip. And we're starting off hot with uh, a first look at this week in college football. It's rivalry week. You won't want to miss it. Next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.